I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Ooh, I am for real. Never meant to make your daughter cry. Many, many years ago in the NBA draft, Tony Smith was pick number what, Pebble? What pick was Tony Smith? 51st overall. 51st overall pick by the L.A. Lakers because Mike Dunleavy, when he'd been with the Bucs, had seen Tony play against the other Bucs like Ray Allen, was impressed with how defensively he was, and that's why he took him with pick 51 very late in the second round. Joining us now is Justin Garcia, the numbers man with the Bucs. I don't know what official title he has, but I know this. He studies it. He's got numbers for everything. Justin, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Homer. Uh, the, the number ended up uh, not coming to what we wanted, though. The, the big one that we referenced the last time you and I talked of uh, the winner in Game 3 won the series 100% of the time. It's now, uh, what, 95% under Bud? Yes, yeah. So, it, it, I mean, you can go both ways. But the fact that it had that big of an influence was surprising to me. Uh, I don't know what the numbers, what, did any numbers also change as a result of uh, Golden State beating Boston? Was there any uh, odd thing that occurred in that series as well for the NBA Finals? Uh, that I'm not sure of. I, uh, I had a little less interest in the uh, Warriors and, of course, the Celtics ad advancing. So I'll have to pour through that before the draft and see what I can come up with. But you're in the same group. Like, everybody, close to everybody, believes that if Middleton had been healthy, the Bucks would have, would have gone back-to-back. -back. Absolutely. And I'm, uh, I'm actually surprised that we've seen a lot more or heard a lot more of the national contingencies starting to say, yeah, you know what, the Celtics run was great, but if Chris Middleton was there, the Bucks are playing for a championship. And now the question is, what does John Horst do to keep and then make changes? Because it seems to me like he's... He makes changes, and that's um, pick number 24. I don't know, pick it, you trade it, or whatever. But uh, the fascination I have, and it's been brought up by others, I think even Ben Bruss talked about, but with uh, Lopez, in terms of I think he's going to be on the team, how much do you use him, do you worry about his injury, his age? Um, but I, I would be shocked. If he's not on the team next year. I'm with you. And, you? Yeah, I agree. And it's going to be interesting to see how they handle it going forward because this is the final year of his contract. It's around $14 million. I think you'd still love to have him beyond this season. Uh, you're going to run into some financial constraints, obviously. But they did get a gift yesterday with Pat Connaughton unexpectedly opting into the final year of his deal. And I think we all assume... This is a, okay, we'll work on an extension throughout the season and keep him here long term. I, I assume that, do you? I assume that as well, but it's still very surprising that he didn't get that extension now and save the Bucks you know, millions of dollars here that he would have been looking at 10-plus million per season in an extension as a free agent, and now he opts into that deal much smaller than that that gives the Bucks a little bit of tax uh, constraint here or, or tax relief. It doesn't give them great financial flexibility. It just sheds some of the tax that they would have paid with the assumption of that long-term deal. But that's one big piece to fall. Obviously, Bobby Portis is the other one, and he's well, in a similar spot. A Justin, why do you think he did what he did? Because, I mean, he's a smart kid. Yeah, he, he couldn't get into Marquette. That's why he went to Notre Dame. But aside from that, <laughs> I uh, I really don't have an answer. I don't have an answer for you because I think we all assumed he would have opted out, and that didn't mean he was going to leave. That he would have opted out and gotten a two plus one or a multi year deal to stay here in Milwaukee. Uh, maybe it's that, and maybe it's the conversations that have already gone on with 
Pat Connaughton, the Bucks, everybody else. If, look, this can they be- give him the same amount that he would have gotten, and it works out better for the team, or well, is he? Well, taking less because of what he did. I think where it works out better for the team, it's not necessarily cap-wise because they're already over it. They're already in the tax. For whatever the reason. the Where it would work out best is just luxury tax in the money that they're going to have to pay there. Because when you look at a, a guy on Pat Connaughton's deal or that taxpayer mid-level exception, it's about $7 million that the Bucks have to work with there. In the tax okay. money, that's over $30 million that you're going to be taxed on that, too. So you're looking at about a $40 million bill for a $7 million contract that you're handing out there. That's where it saves them some money. And, again, this is for the owners to worry about, not us. But that's where it frees up a little bit of the finances for them to say, look, Pat, do this one year. We'll save some of the tax money, assuming they use that taxpayer mid-level. We'll save some of that money because we're going to be in the tax for a while now with Giannis's deal and Chris and Drew Holiday and presumably Pat Connaughton and or Bobby Portis as well. All right, let's get to the draft. I said it's just not as important as you would think, uh, but it's still important to observe what Horse does. Uh, any angle you want to go, the Bucks have pick number 24. Well, the thing we've noticed with John Horst is the first pick with John Horst as a GM was the DJ Wilson selection. However, he had just been hired the week of the draft, so I know he was involved in, obviously, the scouting and the preparation for that draft. I don't know how much of that you can assign to him, but the Bucks are in a spot that's rather interesting where you noted they picked 24th. It's been kind of 50-50 on whether or not you find a guy that's going to be a role player or a situational player in that role. Now, you go back a couple of years, and we saw some big names or relatively big names that went there. I think the biggest recent, Anthony Simons of the Portland Trailblazers, who had a breakout season this past year. He was a 24th overall pick. But you don't expect to find an instant impact player. And that's where it makes it interesting because this is a team that's competing for a championship. On the one hand, Sooner or later, you have to find young talent that you're developing and keeping in place here because of everything we just ran through with the finances. But on the other, you also have to weigh 24th overall pick, what we can expect from this. We need some role players here, and and we found some areas we need to improve. Are we going to get that here, or is that something you look at with a trade? They can't trade the pick prior to the draft, so they would have to make the pick And it would be part of a deal, but I think we've all seen the same names kicked around of you include that pick as a sweetener, you attach a contract as well, and see what you can get there. I think it's going to be a very, very busy night, maybe not necessarily for the Bucks, but we already saw one shoe fall with the Jeremy Grant trade. You're hearing a lot of other noise around names like Rudy Gobert. I think we're going to see a decent amount of moves that are made tonight, and it's going to be interesting to see what the Bucks' reaction to that is. Now, of the names... If they choose to keep this pick, I think everybody has started to fall in love with E.J. Liddell from Ohio State. And certainly if you yeah. watch the Celtics series, you can see, man, a lot of what he does reminds me of Grant Williams. And that's kind of exactly what the Bucks needed and lost in P.J. Tucker. So I think that seems to be the obvious one that people are gravi- gravitating towards. There's three or four names that are popping up. The one that I absolutely love, I just don't think he's going to be there. And our pal Eric name actually... Uh, did this in the Athletics mock draft. Dalen Terry of Arizona just checks all the boxes for the Bucks. Uh, but talking to uh, somebody that I know with Fox Sports who covers college basketball, he had said 
this guy's going to go top 15. I know he's around 25 or so now. He keeps climbing up the boards, and the more people meet with him and see what he does, he's going to be close to the lottery. So to me, that is the guy I would absolutely love to have, Dalen Terry out of Arizona. I just don't think he's going to be there. And then it kind of becomes a, okay, of what's available, can this guy help us now? And if not now, by the end of the year or next year, can we start to get that impact? Because that's the timeline the Bucks are on right now. But, Ken, I mean, I'd also have you look at people that are in the league that would fit what they would want uh, as an option for all that, to add that. I mean, I really want to know what they're going to do inside because I think Lopez is he's going to play less uh, and just his age and all these other factors. Right. So does that mean you have another guy like him? Does it mean you you get somebody different because you're going to play more of that time small? I, I just I see that as a position because he's been, to me, He's a big part of everything they do and does it well. And he's old and he was hurt. And I got to have a backup. I, that's what I thought they did last year when they made the move. It's just we have to have a back. And I think they'll have to have another one this year, won't they? Even at the beginning of the year. He's Who's a, the backup to Brooke Lopez? Yeah, he, he's huge to what they do. And to find a guy like Brooke, Brooke Lopez, it, it's tough. There aren't very many guys right. that can defend the rim and offensively as skilled as he is do what he does so it's not as easy to say and I'm not saying this is what you're saying but it's not as easy to say we'll just find another Brooke Lopez no I, I know it's tough you're going right. to get somebody not as good and the number of people but, but there've got to be people you well know, you'd have a list horse has got to have a list of options well and so to me and, and I guess first off we've seen a lot of people kind of salivating over bigs in this draft and like wow why don't you move up and get a a, a young center from college here and uh, there were rumors yesterday and today that the Bucks were one of the teams that was looking into moving up to around 14 or 16 in the draft, which presumably would be for a big. But we just traditionally don't see centers hit the ground running at the NBA level. It takes some time for bigs to really adjust to this. And as we said, you need a guy that's going to give you some contributions now. To me, the one that makes the most sense is we all kind of raised eyebrows when this happened last week, but P.J. Tucker opting out, maybe he returns to Miami, similar to what we discussed with Pat Connaughton and Bobby Portis. Maybe he does that and signs a multi-year deal, but when P.J. Tucker opted out and became a free agent, what he was on last year was the mid-level exception for the Heat, which was $7-plus million. Bucks can almost get there with the taxpayer mid-level. So, to me, that's perfect in that if we can bring P.J. Tucker back. Because the thing they missed the most last year, Homer, was Giannis can play the five. But you needed some help alongside him. And he did it effectively in the playoffs last year because P.J. Tucker was there playing the four next to him. And he could take on some of those assignments. And they could switch You're everything. You're worried that he's 37 or not? I mean, you're not having to play him that much. You're right, right? Right. I, mean, I would assume, look, it, it, and again, there's there's no indication that P.J. Tucker is coming to the Bucks, but I would assume it would be similar to what we discussed with Brooke Lopez. And P.J. talked yeah. about this when he came to Milwaukee last year, too, that he was kind of frustrated with his playing time, that he expected to just play a lot and had to adjust to, no, this is how this organization operates. They ease you into things. They are really conscious of the body and taking some of the miles off of there. So I would assume if you bring in pj tucker or any veteran like that you're not playing 72 games 75 games in a heavy minute right. total you're gonna massage that and i had the same concerns and i think a lot of bucks fans did last year as well when you saw him leave of well maybe it's for the best he is getting older and we'll see how that holds up but 
he was incredible last year. So no, know, we're can, seeing more and more guys. Yeah, you you got to have a, a tough guy because Giannis just I mean that mean mug. He's just that's not well, what yeah, he is. He's and exactly, he needs another enforcer guy. alongside him. Yes, you need an enforcer. All right, my last question because I know the Boston Celtics are going to get a point guard. They're, they they're going to. There's no way that Brad Stevens is going to going to put up with it the same way. And so who's out there that would make that would because. Everything affects the Bucks, and if the Celtics get better, and they'll get better if they have a, re- a legit point guard, normal one. Who who's out there that you Oof. would fear the most joining the Celtics because he would make them better? Could I interest you in Kyrie Irving? <laughs> uh, yeah, you can interest me in anybody. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, gonna... I I obviously I think there's a little bit of. Uh, I don't know if I'd say a bridge burned, but there were some sour grapes there. I don't know that they would welcome back Kyrie Irving with open arms. But to me, the most interesting one, and maybe it's not a huge name, but we thought this last year. Not Bledsoe, I mean, uh, the guy from the Bucks, Indiana. I've forgotten his name. Uh, George Hill? No, 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 no. He's with him now. Uh, He was the... He got he got mad because they picked Bledsoe over him, and didn't give him the money. Now he's with the Pacers. Oh, now. Malcolm Brogdon. He's sure, with the Bucks. sure. Yeah, Malcolm Mel- Brogdon. Is Malcolm- he good enough? Is he good enough to make Boston that much better? Uh, he makes them better. He he gives them somebody that okay. organizes right. them and can handle the ball. The other one that that okay. is going to be interesting to me, maybe it's not Boston, but somewhere you just assume he's going to latch on and get the buyout is John Wall, because yes. he's had a year plus of not playing. We've seen the gym videos, and it's it's the same with you know this time of year in the NFL. Everybody's in the best shape of their life, but you can look great working out alone in a gym. But John Walls looked very good. He's had a year plus off, and you know I think we kind of forget he was still a good player even towards the end there in all the stops that he's had. He's still a rotational player, and that's all you need in this scenario you're talking about is somebody to just play point guard and don't turn the ball over. Right. John Wall made a lot of his teammates a lot of money with his distribution skills in D.C. So he's one that, even if it's not the Celtics, that's the one to me to keep an eye on of where he lands because he's going to make an impact, even if it's coming off the bench and playing 15 minutes a game. At this point, he is the ideal guy for a backup point guard. Talking with Justin Garcia, what time is the show tonight? Like 6 to midnight? How many uh, <laughs> The show is a 6 to 9. And uh, the Bucks again picking 24. It's going to be towards the end there. But it's also going to be interesting to see the, the local kids, too. It seems the consensus for Johnny Davis, everybody seems to have him 10th to Top the 10. Wizards. Yeah, uh, yeah but the other two guys, and you saw one of these every single day, Justin Lewis and Patrick Baldwin Jr., you're still seeing a lot of variants of where they could go late first, I don't think, early I don't, second. I will say now, I don't, think Justin, I don't think Justin Lewis will get picked. You don't think he'll get picked at all? Nope. No, if he does, it'll be very, very near the bottom. Um, I'm really curious about Baldwin because that's a huge risk given all the injuries he's had, but there might be somebody still willing to take so, a flyer because his upside is so great. What's what's the concerns with Justin Lewis? He has no position. What does he and, and you know what does he do best? What yeah. what's his you know what's his strength? Like, all right, this is what I do. I, I kind of I got a great body and I, I rebound, but he didn't. So um, that. That's all. That would be my question. So he could get drafted, but I, I think it's, it's, uh, it's uh, he's moving down rather yeah. than moving up. Yeah. So we'll see. Thanks, Justin. All right, Homer. Justin Garcia again. The show is six until midnight, but they'll probably stop till they'll probably stop at nine. Uh, are you a better guesser in the top three at three? Pebble, do we give the caller number four now, or do we wait? Right now, caller four. All right, caller number four. Are you a better guesser? One eight hundred nine nine zero thirty seven seventy six. 
That's next. Tim Van Voren, hour two as well. Call 800-990-3776. Are you a better guesser is next here on Homer and Tony on 94.5 ESPN.